Hello everyone, it's Greer here with my debut solo performance. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> Libby and I have not split up, don't worry. In fact, we were on the phone for like an hour today just guest begging and so we're still being cute, it's fine. But what I wanted to say was that we recorded this episode a few weeks ago and we weren't sure when it was going to be released, like we knew it would be soon obviously, but... We didn't do any kind of sign-off for the year because we didn't know that it was going to be our last episode for 2022. So I just wanted to say from Libby and myself that we would love for you to have the very merriest of Christmases or the happiest of holidays if you don't celebrate Christmas. And we hope that you get at least a few days off work over the break and that you find some time to spend in the garden and that the weather is just gorgeous for you wherever you are. Uh, we are taking a break over the holiday season from podcast life and so this is our last episode of 2022 and we just want to thank you so much for listening and we'll be back in your ear holes towards the end of January next year. Uh, Happy New Year everyone and now on with the show. We like to garden. We like, we like to garden. We like to garden. We like, we like to garden. Uh, welcome everybody back to We Like to Garden and as always Libby's here with me and we have a special guest this evening. Uh, we have Marve from Hakia Permaculture uh, up in, whereabouts are you up in? Raglan. Uh, Raglan, yeah. 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 South of Raglan. So you are a secret gardens garden and that's how we found out about you and we are going to talk to you tonight kind of about hakia and about permaculture and all the work that you're doing and all the things that you've learnt along the way. So could you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into permaculture, gardening, kind of what your journey was ending up at Hakia? Yes, of course. Uh, I'll just start with the pipiha, just introducing myself. Um, Tenu oh, yes. kato katoa, uh, ko bayastash toku maunga, ko karadenis toku moana, ke no trabzon ahau, ko yeshilkir toku fanao, ko bayram toku matua, ko fadime toku faya, ko marve toku ingoa. No reira tena koto tena koto tena tato kato. So um, greetings to everyone. Thank you. I am Marve. Yeah, kia ora. <laughs> kia ora. Uh, greetings to everyone. I am Marve. Um, I am from Turkey. I was born in uh, in the mountains of Black Sea region. Yeah, it was like a kind of natural eco village setting. My family. Um, had animals and gardens. They um, main crops was hazelnuts, so we had like hazelnut farms. Wow! Yeah, basically, basically live off the land and very supportive community. Everyone worked together, and from there we moved to city for like our education. And I went to uni and studied molecular biology and genetics. Like always been interested in like science and kind of what happens in the background in like more molecular level, like the intricate systems. Yeah, worked on a few projects in Europe before I came to New Zealand. And when I came to New Zealand, I met with Dan and he kind of introduced me to Hakia. And because of him, I ended up here and kind of started living off the land. 
And from there, I feel everything just kind of happened and my direction in life was going towards permaculture and a bit more conscious living, living off the land. This kind mm-hmm. of principles, yeah. Wow. That's amazing. That, I that's have, really incredible. Really incredible. I would love that because I also have a science background in um, mm. animal physiology and molecular biology. And it's so oh. nice to hear someone so passionate like to talk about how they love to understand like the building blocks of life, basically. So that yeah, was really cool. Amazing. And I really enjoyed your PPH. So <laughs> yes. are you able to explain to everyone a little bit more about how you like your conscious living um, and how that sort of operates at Hakia? Yeah. Um, Hakia is a permaculture farm. We also like run as like bush retreat and we have like quite a few things that we are doing. But basically, um, like our vision is to, or our vision has been to create a space for transformation and learnings. And we incorporated uh, permaculture and paracore principles into the land. Basically, we have gardens, food forest, and we work as a community. Like there are a group of people staying here where we share um, responsibilities on the land, manage gardens, and kind of kind of be conscious in what we are doing so we have goats like we milk the goats and get the milk and use that and kind of reduce our footsteps on earth um i guess we are lucky because hakia is um, settled amongst this scenic reserve so there's beautiful bush around us and it's really easy to get into cycle with nature and i feel when yeah when i started living on the land like the land in a way assigns tasks to you if you want to be part of that ecosystem like interact with it and yeah that's what we are doing basically all managing gardens and creating infrastructure through recycled materials and creativity like how can we yeah create things that's gonna be easy on earth and functional for us now that's incredible that is really incredible and i think as we kind of go on, more and more people are looking towards that kind of trying to be as sustainable as possible. Mm. And mm. it's really cool to have places like Hakia where people can see what's possible and what's being done and they can take things away. So it's really important to have places like Hakia, I think. Yeah, I think that was also like trying to set the example, like live, live by the example and show it to people this is possible. And like lots of people ask us, like, how do you manage it? Or, um, yeah, is this possible to do it? And in my opinion, maybe like a single person achieving sustainability is not realistic in the terms like we are mm-hmm. doing right now, like very high, um, um, what's the word, like high requirements like consuming Con- yeah consuming Consum- yeah consumption <laughs> yeah consumption high consumption so we, right yeah yeah we have to kind of come back to like basic living and and also be a community i find this is like one of the strongest things in permaculture for me like in the mm-hmm. idea is like creating a community of plants human animals so be a community and yeah go back to basic living principles with your uh, childhood, with the community that you had in your childhood, mm. do you think that really informed this? Like, like, did you always know that you kind of wanted to go back to that? Mm, actually, no. Until I came to New Zealand, I can't say I was really connected to my childhood. Even though, like, I had lots mm-hmm. of fun, like 
growing up in the forest and like foraging and yeah it was very like earth living but I never felt so much connection to it but when I came to New Zealand I met with lots of gardeners and people passionate about growing yeah just being here like the people around me directed me into this more yeah conscious living and like looking after myself my wellness and earth like yeah I think the culture really influenced me here to kind of explore my own roots and when I went back there yeah it just aligns so much like my childhood Mm. and what I want to do yeah that's really cool and you went to Golden Bay didn't you and did like a course down there yeah for my permaculture design course with two community it's uh, Gunther and Robina Gunther is earth builder and Robina has like 30 plus years of experience in permaculture yeah, she's like, wow, powerhouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that must have been so cool. And a, such a great hands-on experience. It was kind of like mind-blowing experience for me. I went there thinking permaculture is mainly like about gardens and like food growing. But the course was so much more. And I felt like, like my brain or my like consciousness like, suddenly expanded like so much more than I could like I was aware yeah they did an amazing job and also yeah they took us to a lot of like land like hands-on practice so we could actually learn it was in a way I felt like I finished university in like three three weeks (laughs) 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 can you explain that a little bit more about permaculture because I think for me, that's a lot of the understanding that I have that um, of the cycle of nature, but about more of it's not just about gardening. What are some of the other principles to explain to our listeners? Maybe I could explain a little bit like how permaculture came about. So like the founder or the person created the term permaculture, Bill Mollison. He's a Australian scientist, researcher, writer, and he uh, spends a lot of time in Tasmanian rainforests, observing the forest and like finding like like the systems and how nature works in that like really efficient way, and he comes up with the term permaculture like based on what he was researching, and the, his idea is to replace the agriculture we know, the conventional agriculture, to a more um, a, a type of agriculture that works with nature. So it starts as as like food growing system but as the years go by like it just i think the permaculture grew and grew and it became something a lot more than that so it's the principles can be used for like finance education like more like self-awareness and creating communities cities and obviously creating like gardens and food forests that sustains us and all of this has three ethics, which is earth care, people care, and fair share. And all the principles are like based on this ethics. When when some like when we are thinking of, of something or designing something, we always come back to this ethics. And on top of that, there's quite a lot of principles to go through, but maybe I'll tell like a few of the ones I like. For example, yeah, yeah for example. Um, one of the most important things is like observe and interact and it 
it reminds me a little bit of like mindfulness practices before we do something just seeing like where we are what's the environment what's the climate or what's the people like what they want and what's the energy kind of observing and taking in and responding after that like understanding of like the present moment yeah um yeah mm. that's so important yeah even just in life yeah <laughs> you could take that on board that you interact with people <laughs> yeah that's exactly the reason why yeah. i feel permaculture is like a lot more than growing food like it's a lifestyle or it's like a, a way of belief thinking system? yeah belief yeah. system mm. it's like a holistic management of life and how we interact with nature so all these principles can be applied to ourselves or like our home, our garden, our business, like wherever we want. And because they're just like, yeah, yeah they're principles that like learned from nature. And when we look at nature, like it existed, um, I don't know, like four, 400 million years. It just really <laughs> yeah. does things with yeah efficiency mm. and diversity. And there's no waste in nature. Everything is recycled back into the system. Mm -hmm. There's like a closed loop. But at the moment, if you look into what we are doing, like this cycle is not closed. Like even, yeah, like how we are using the water and our waste and everything. Yeah, nature really knows what it's doing. It does it best. <laughs> yeah, and then there's like a lot of a lot other um, principles. One of them is apply self-regulation and accept feedback and this one is all about like learning from our successes and mistakes again can be applied like what mistakes we did in the garden and how can we change that to have more success or in in our lives um creatively use and respond to change yeah when something happens like what, what what's like the positive outcome of change um for me i guess one of the principles that i enjoy quite a lot is um, responding with mm -hmm. creativity like when there's a problem like what what's the learning from here or how can we yeah which angle we can look at this situation to yeah make the most of it or learn the most from it yeah it's it's just like a really yeah 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 flexible thinking is a really interesting one because people who are flexible thinkers and you can train yourself to be a flexible thinker mm. and respond creatively and it makes you more resilient in all areas of your life um mm. i think i've done lots of studies around that it's really cool yeah so there's like a 12 principles of permaculture which are basically all things that like learned from nature and when we look at those it's for me it makes so much sense like, for example, creating more diverse systems and like having diverse communities that this helps with like resilience and like we're more strong and like more like long lasting. Yeah. And there's another one, integrate rather than segregate, which like talks yeah. about a little bit the more interconnectedness we have. The, yeah. Again, the more resilient system be create and this is like it, many hands make light work like if we work together and if we integrate everything into our system it's gonna be easier um using small and slow solutions meaning like when we look at like if we have a problem and when we're trying to create solution for that like what's what's like the smallest 
action we can take that's going to create the maximum efficiency or maximum effect. So yeah, these that's are a few, a few principles of permaculture. Thank you. That is really cool. So interesting, especially that last point, like the minimum impact for the uh, like maximum output that you can gain from it. I love that. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's quite interesting how like um like the amount of work we need to do to have like comfortable life is way less than what we are doing right now. There's even like lots of research showing like usually or not usually like we we can do two days worth of work and that would supply all the work that needs to be done on earth but as humans like we're just kind of complicating the system we are in and creating <laughs> new jobs and yeah <laughs> things. that's so true yeah yeah, yeah we're very good at making more work for ourselves and adding more stress mentally onto our pl- like plates and load that ne- that mm. doesn't need to be there no, yeah. and for lots of people, that's almost a badge of honour. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. So what are, what would you say are the basics of, like, the practicalities of starting a food forest? I know that, I mean, I have a very limited understanding of food forest, but I know they have hmm. seven layers, <laughs> um, yeah. and that's almost it. <laughs> so what kind of are the, the practicalities of kind of the food forest 101, would you say? Um, so first of all, like what is a food forest? Um, I like to think in just like guilds, guilds is a term for like a group of plants, animals that, are like living together or planted together to like mimicking what happens in nature. So they're all helping each other and working for benefit for all. And it's food forest has this like principles of, creating guilds or creating community of plants and animals to have a system that's like self self-regulating and self-sufficient and as like humans mm-hmm. we are interacting with that s- system because we are part of it like by harvesting and adding plants that we like and yeah so food forest in a way is just diverse planting on plants and trees that like takes structures of nature or natural forest. When we look at the forest, um, the forest has this structure. It makes use of each space that's in the forest. That's from like the tallest layer, that seven layer of food forest. Like the to- tallest layer, canopy layer is the highest one. And then it goes to low tree layer. And then it has like the shrubs, like blueberries and raspberries, which goes into herbs. This can be comfrey or asparagus. And that goes to ground cover. So the ground is covered with, let's say, strawberries or nasturtiums. And under the ground as well, as well as on top, there's root layers. So each each trees and each uh, herbs, they have a different root system as well as like we can add more root layer by planting dahlias, daylilies or potato. And for me, lastly, fungi, like connecting this off all but the general principle is here that like we're choosing plants that will benefit each other and nourish each other and protect each other. So each tree has like a different function. Um, for example, we have nitrogen fixing plants, 
these are important for bringing nitrogen and that's like one of the important elements for like soil building and then we have like biomass producers that's like grow re really a lot and creates the soil like dead leaves and we can prune them back mm -hmm. and lastly we have mini mineral accumulators that's like generally herbs they mine the nutrients so we have this kind of trees and with these trees we have our like edibles and medicinal trees fruit trees because we need to create a system in the forest that's like our fruit tree which can be orange is supported by other trees so that can be the nitrogen fixing comfrey um, like a really beneficial herb and that can be nasturtium that covers the ground so the ground is not uh, exposed to the um, sun and like not losing the valuable nutrients yeah just creating that system i think like the simple logic is just thinking of what kind of plants and animals like to grow together and creating that system and with that that reduces the amount of work we are putting because the mm -hmm. system is already sustainable and even more than s sustainability it's like regenerating the soil it's regenerating itself so it keeps growing we are just like the person like guiding it through time and the example of the forest yeah forest uses each space and it's really efficient it uses everything above the ground it uses everything below the ground as well as like stacking in time and space so space is that seven different layers and also the time so like um so i guess i i kind of want to mention here like we always think in terms of fruit when we think of a food forest but the food forest can mm -hmm. supply a lot more than fruit it can give us um fuel uh, medicine um like crafting material, wood for building. So it has different type of yields. And when in, if a forest stacks in a time in a way that we, we start getting yields from the beginning, so we can be harvesting a herb that's beneficial for soil, but we are getting a yield to grow our soil. And then mm -hmm. we might be getting a fruit and then we might be getting chamomile for tea making. We might be getting like flax for weaving. So there's a lot of yield coming over that period of time. And I think that makes it like overall compared to monocrop, like just growing one field of the same thing, that makes it really valuable because we have the diversity of a lot of yields together. And then we can use them in very creative way. We can share them. If we need to, we can sell them. Yeah, we are more resilient towards like change if something happens because we have a lot of things to rely on. Yeah, and that diversity as well uh, is, I imagine, very beneficial for the soil. Like you wouldn't really have, once you ha have planted your food forest, I don't imagine there's much that you manually need to add to the soil or do to the soil to keep it healthy, would there be? Like it would just kind of take care of itself. And Yeah, I guess in, in this point, like designing for soil regeneration is important. Because we can just plant like 20 fruit trees and say, this is a food forest. And I guess it, <laughs> yeah. that would be true. Like it would be a food forest. There's heaps of fruit trees. Uh, but we need to make a plan for our soil regeneration and like replacing our nutrients. That's what we are trying to do. Create like a system to recycle the nutrients that's in the system, grow the soil. And yeah, it will just keep feeding itself. And to do that, like to grow soil, yeah, soil is 
if you want to grow vegetables or if you want to grow flowers, anything and everything that's above the ground is the result of mm. what happens in the soil. There's like millions of microorganisms. They're working, fungi is working, they're breaking down and they're making this yeah, rich living dirt that yeah grows everything yeah. we use basically. Um, you had a really good example of this on your Instagram page with um, maybe you could tell us about the banana circle and mm. how amazing that was within three months from like the different plantings that you used around that. Yeah, that was also a really good way of using the land. So where the banana circle is, the, uh, the land is naturally has a dip right in the middle of it. Mm. And the, all the storm water we get off the land, like it runs down on the hill and it goes down to our food forest. And the banana circle mm -hmm. was right in the middle of it. So it's like where we get most of the water from natural, from the land. So it's, first of all, it's planted in a place that we don't have to water it manually. We are just like taking um, advantage of the land shape to put like the plants where they can thrive and with the banana circle we wanted to create a closed like, loop system so it has vetiver grass around it and also the land when it's br bringing water it's bringing the nutrient runoff from the hills mm. so that goes like feeding the bananas as well and yeah the plants we put around it there was also mexican sunflower canna lilies and uh, taro which has like similar growth conditions to banana the result was amazing just in three months even now when we have visitors they ask me often oh when did you plant these bananas and i'm like <laughs> oh, less than a year ago they're like what like this is so healthy <laughs> and that just using the land like smartly going back to the principles of like so observing smart. it yeah observing yeah. and interacting and designing from the patterns that we see in the land yeah that's really yeah. cool yeah, it is. And even for, say, a backyard gardener uh, who yeah. maybe doesn't even have a lot of space or a lot of um, kind of to work with, they mm -hmm. say that you should always live in a place for a year before you make any decisions about the garden because nature kind of has to inform what you're going to do with that space. Yeah. And that's the cool thing. Like these principles, uh, like the principles are same. So you can apply them to really small, even a container gardening or like a big land because they're mm -hmm. just yeah so versatile like very simple principles that's really cool and makes it achievable for everyone that maybe knows nothing or knows a lot but is doesn't know where to start that it doesn't matter your space what you've got you can apply it yeah yeah and just going on a journey as well like not being scared of making mistakes because Again, using that is so true. Yeah, yeah use, using a principle as example, like accept feedback. Like it's okay to make mistakes and learn from that. We are just always getting better and yeah, having more experience with the ecosystem. We are part of it. And I think yeah. that's so good for like um, a lot of. We have a lot of beginner gardeners, and often we hear, "Oh, I don't know what to do," or "I'm you know so afraid to make a mistake." and that's the whole thing about gardening is, as you say, it's mm. going to happen and it's okay, but you just have to get started. <laughs> yeah. Also, I believe that we all have the information literally in our DNA 
to do this. We've been mm-hmm. like, as humans, we've been um, hunter gatherer for, uh, I don't know how many years, but it's like a lot more than we, like a lot more than using agriculture to we've grow up. We've been civilized. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we've yeah. been civilized, exactly. So we actually, like when we were hunter gatherers, we would walk in the forest, know which berries grow in which part, what plants are poisonous or what plants are usable in our bodies. So we have this like information and yeah, it's a fact that we pass that information in our DNA to other generations. So I believe we can all connect to that information and use that to interact with nature. Mm. Mm. That's what literally what we practiced for centuries. Yeah. 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 And it, good example of that is um, the petrichor. Is that how you say it? Petrichor. It's that chemical in wet soil and humans can smell it in like one part per trillion or something like that, which is like 10 times what a shark can smell blood and water. You know how they're like a shark can Mm. smell one drop of blood and like a massive thing of water. (laughs) Humans can smell petrichor like so much more powerful than that and it goes right back to those days I think it's um it releases like dopamine when you smell it and it's something about the wet earth with like good crops or something like that so it is really cool Hmm. yeah it's amazing it is really I was just gonna say that sort of links in with um I see that what you apply you know what we would have done as hunter-gatherers is, you know, being a little bit more based in seasonal seasons and mm. also with, like, the lunar calendar. I see that you work a lot with um, the moon calendar and I hope I pronounced this correct, Maramataka, which is the Māori lunar calendar. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I um, yeah, I came across, like, moon and how it affects our lives and it just made sense to me like we have this like it has an effect in water in simple terms it has an effect in water and our bodies are made 90 plus percent of water so to me it really makes sense like why it affects like the crops we grow and why it affects our bodies as well as looking back to history like all the civilizations used sun and moon to grow their crops so it's like a to mm-hmm. part of the equation that's require, required. Yeah. Yeah, I always try to follow the moon. And for me, I see like incredible difference with the moon, just following the moon. Like we planted potato like one moon ago, just after the um, full moon, which is like the time the energy starts going towards the roots, like the moon is becoming smaller. And yeah, I just can't describe the growth. And that's, yes, obviously there's other factors affecting it. But like with the moon, mm. like just seeing like the plants I planted, like, oh, I need to get this into the ground and kind of not really looking into the moon. And the plants really fo- I planted following that cycle, it's major mm. difference. I always tell people follow the moon and for your for ourselves as well. And that's how, what Maramataka is about. It's again a lot more than gardening. They would use Maramataka mm-hmm. as a like guidance to go eeling, like fishing and even with themselves, like connecting with the their whanau and yeah, gardening. So it's a mm-hmm. lot broader than just growing vegetables or seedlings in a certain time. Like how moon affects us the living beings on earth 
it, it almost goes back again to that same principles that you talk about with permaculture is that belief of that full system, hmm. that full cycle, and that includes you, ourselves yeah. as human beings and the community. It's really cool. How would you, like what advice would you kind of give someone who wants to kind of look into permaculture, food forests, but they don't know where to start? Like, where would you send them to get some information where would I send them? I guess like the first question, if someone wants to create a food forest, I would ask them, what's the reason? Or what do they mm. want to grow? What do they want to achieve? So a little bit clarity on what, what, what are their reasons? Like just coming up, maybe I want to grow enough fruit and vegetables for my family of four and maybe some eggs. Just getting clear idea of what we... Because we can, like, there's so many possibilities and that this is where people get overwhelmed, like, where to start. But we, mm. we are trying to create a food forest or trying to mimic the nature with the plants that of our choosing because we want to eat or we want to harvest. So that question is very important, like, what we want to get out of this food forest. And obviously with the plans of yeah, how to build the soil, how to regenerate the system, and the equally most important thing, the observing the land. So like in permaculture, there's um, something called sector analysis, looking at the elements that affects the land and like the people and beings in on that land. This could be like the sun. Is it fa facing north or south? Is there wet spots, dry spots? Which way is the prevailing wind? So kind of observing the land that they want to grow a food forest or garden and kind of having a clarity on what's their purpose. This would be my start point. And from there, just kind of expanding for the food forest, what kind of trees I want. And there's seven, eight layers, but we don't have to use all these layers. We can create simpler systems mm. with having yeah those elements like the biomass producers, minimal, mineral accumulators to ensure our soil is growing, the plants are fed. So we are achieving the idea of food forests by yeah. using like, different plants. And it's a little bit research, I guess, from there. But there's so much information out there. I learned by mm -hmm. talking to other people and, yeah, just going on YouTube, um, reading books, but most importantly, just, yeah, talking to other people. Everyone knows so much. Just, and that's the amazing um, part of it as well. Like It just brings this community with it. Most, like, people get interested in, like, creating, growing food because there's also always surpl surplus, surplus, yeah, mm -hmm. of, like, gardens, whoever is gardening, like, flowers or veggies or fruits. There is always something that's extra and... Like we want to share that with people or whenever I visited other gardeners garden, they were like, oh, grab this plant. It's amazing. I was <laughs> given comfrey like from an old lady and she was like, I'll oh, take it. This is an amazing plant for gardens. And I didn't know much about it. But now I tell everyone you have to have comfrey in like in your garden. It's so important. So, yeah. 
Yeah, that's the thing about gardeners, isn't it? And I, because I'm probably a few years into being intro, like being a gardener, and I did not realize gardeners love to help in any way they can. Mm. They want to share their knowledge. They want to share their plants. Like if you go to a gardener's garden and you mention that you like the look of something, they'll just go and get a spade and dig some up for you. Like they love it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. it is the nicest thing. Yeah, yeah. And then I remember feeling like, oh, like, thank you so much. But it's like now from the other side of it, I want to give it. I feel like, yeah, like, go you, like, you're going to grow and you're going to do this. Or, yeah, it's amazing. It really is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And people, they want to share their knowledge. They want to help people as much as they can. So you're so right. Like just talking to people, finding people and talking to them is probably mm-hmm. it's yeah it's invaluable really yeah yeah also lots of group on like social social media and local like crop swaps or lo- local communities that like the knowledge can be shared yeah libraries lots of books if you are into reading but i i am personally like a do doer i have to do to understand and kind of make sense of the mm-hmm. information i learned so I tried mm-hmm. lots of things, like experimenting and, yeah. That could be another, like, suggestion from me, like, after observing your land and finding what trees you want to grow, just do a, like, little mm-hmm. experiment. Just start small and plant everything and observe and learn and then grow bigger and grow bigger instead of trying to get yeah. done yeah, it's amazing to think, oh, in 10 years or five years, I'll have all these. But I feel it's better to start with small and really m- make the most of the learnings before going into the bigger yeah, systems or bigger gardens. Yeah, that is so, such a valuable um, piece of advice. Yeah, yeah. it's really good. Mm. Yeah, and mm. you're learning from the mistakes. And something that you learn quite quickly in gardening is that stuff isn't going to work sometimes it's just not <laughs> and yeah. it's actually fine like it's fine you, it's get, over fine. It. you yeah. get over it really quickly because when something doesn't work on the other hand something else will work really well, well yeah and so you kind of you have that balance of um learning it these things at the same time and it's yeah it all seems to work out okay <laughs> yeah and for the like forest gardening or food forest ideas there's so much diversity and like the plants are finishing their cycles, uh, like soft seeds. So even if you fail in growing, let's say corn, mm-hmm. still have lots more in your garden and in your fruit trees. So yeah, you, you made the mistake and you learned maybe that corner was not draining enough, but you, you still like have all this yield from like the rest of the yeah. fruit parts. Yeah. How can people come and book to see you and experience Arkea? Um, So I am on Secret Gardens, so they can book mm-hmm. through the website or also Arkea has a website as well. They can go through there and book for to come for a tour in the gardens. And in my tours, I usually go into uh, a lot more of these principles and like my reasonings of like why I planted things in a place. Yeah, m- like the influences of my gardenings and like my favorite plants or yeah, just talk about the land. It's 
it's a really great way of like learning how we were saying talking to other people is really amazing and also visiting other mm -hmm. people's gardens and seeing like the mistakes and learnings in action is such a valuable mm -hmm. lesson and i feel that this, this was another thing that gave me a lot of um yeah experience because i could see and yeah learn from other people like creations and designs really cool how big is hakia the site that you have um hockey is 40 acres big but we are using wow. actively mm. maybe three acres of it and of that like we have goats they're roaming in like a couple of big paddocks mm -hmm. and our yeah it's hard to tell exact size of it but our garden like vegetable gardens annual gardens are around maybe 100 square meter and the food forest is one acre big that we are like planting, but like it's not like kind of completed yet. I've started planting mm -hmm. quite recently. It's yeah, permaculture, I would say kind of something recent in my life, like got introduced to it a couple of years ago and then I was still working. So I just kind of just did a lot of research and learned into it and like since last year, I've been planting and really implementing all these principles to the land. Yeah, it's a big site. An acre mm -hmm. of food forest. <laughs> You've been busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's like what's amazing. Like we had so many awesome people here. We ran some like internship, four weeks internship. Um, mm -hmm. Internships and people come and learn here. And that has been amazing. Just today we were having this chat about like feeling like a machine, like because we we all have this like a vision or we are like, okay, we're gonna do this. Like we did lots of planting and like mulching, seed sowing, and we could mm -hmm. do this all together. And yeah, it's so amazing. And that to me as well, like the power of community, many hands make a light work, just really like yeah. integrating mm -hmm. everyone to this vision and creating it. So although like I am the head gardener and came up with like kind of plans and planting things mm -hmm. it's credit to everyone that has been to Hakia and did the mahi with us and just created these spaces cool and so on your website can people if people who are listening are interested in kind of internships or joining you can if on your website is the information about that or yeah there's some information on that and like our schedules and how it works and everything yeah they could find more oh, information cool yeah. We will link the um, Hakia website in the show notes as well as the Secret Gardens um, link okay. to book as well and your socials as well if people want to follow you. Yeah, is there anything else that you would want to touch on? Any other notes you've got there that you'd be keen to talk mm -hmm. about? This is permaculture in a nutshell, just like learning from nature and using these principles in our lives. And I would encourage anyone to explore permaculture without mm -hmm. um, like expectation of it's about growing food and really looking into how we can use these principles to improve ourselves and it's kind of growing topics on like social permaculture yeah using non-violent language and creating more resilient communities and with like this creating food forests is really important way of um increasing our food resilience and that was like one of the biggest things when we had the covid uh, lockdowns people were very worried about like the food and stocks running out and i think that made people yeah. 
and uh, become aware that where's our food is coming from. And that question really, the first step of uh, connecting back to nature and yeah, just for people to explore permaculture and see what how it can improve their lives. Thank yeah. you so much. Mm-hmm. That was I feel like the take yeah the takeaway of that um, the whole system. Not it's not just about food forests, is it? It's about yeah. everything. Is really really yeah. cool. Same. I didn't realize how much more um, you could apply it to all parts of your life and the beliefs and the the links mm. between yourself, the land, but the community and also the values that you put out, which I think everybody could take some of those on board. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. In, in any aspect of your life. So, yeah, yeah mm. it's made me really think deep about actually what my community is and, like, mm. Greer is part of my community, but also – like how we interact and going forward in the future. Like, Mm. uh, yeah, it's made me think a lot more than I thought I would come away with this. I thought I was going to learn a lot more about what you planted (laughs) in my culture, but it's actually really opened my eyes up to, um, yeah, all the different Mm. principles that they are and how you can apply that to your life. Mm. Thank you. You put it so beautifully. Yeah, you did. Thank you so much for joining us. This I know. Has been Thank you. So mm. enlightening and amazing for us. Um, so informative. So informative, and I think we are both in awe of the work that you're doing. Hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. I can't wait. You've just like inspired me so much. I was like, can't wait. We need to come visit. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I I feel really lucky to be here and. I was kind of laughing today because last year when I was doing lots of gardening and planting, I would listen podcasts mm-hmm. all the time. And that was like a really amazing like way for me to understand a bit more. Yeah. This kind of things behind like the permaculture, like other than the practical parts of it. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing to be here and share it with with you and oh. share it with whoever will listen, listen to it. Oh, thank you so much. It's like full circle. Now you're you're spreading your knowledge to us. So yeah, <laughs> and to the, um to all the listeners. So it's literally what you've been talking about with um the principles with permaculture. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you. And um, yeah, everybody, if yeah, swipe up, look at the show notes, check out Hakia uh, and all the good work that they're doing, and. If you are in the area of Reglan, give them a visit, mm-hmm. a book in to see them. It will be well worth your time. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we'll see you next time. Next time. Bye, everyone. Bye.